Dark Charm presents Fun with Dirt. Starring Denny Atwell, Justin Gregory, Miguel Pedroza, Robert Hunter, and Mac McCloskey as the gatekeeper. Welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? Tyler was a teenager with too much acne and a voice that had not grown into his body yet. It was late evening, but nowhere near closing time as the teenager waited in the drive-thru apartment. Uh, yeah, I'd like to have 48 Big Macs, please. The teenager's eyes bugged out of his head as he rushed over to the register. Wow, 48 Big Macs? Wait a second. Hold on one moment. Shit! 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 Tyler. What's going on? You guys gotta get this ball rolling fast because I need 48 Big Macs. I'm talking 48 of them. The cooks looked at each other, grinned, and then turned their attention back to Tyler. Okay, we'll get on that right for you. Will that be all this evening? Did you want any fries or drinks or any desserts at all? Nope, just the Big Macs. Uh, so your total is going to come to $168.56. Please come to the last drive-thru window. Tyler had never seen an order that size at this time of the night before, and he was eager to see why an order like that was needed. Tyler was getting bags together when the car came up to the window. Peculiar enough, the cooks didn't seem to be making his orders. Tyler turned his attention outside to see that the car that ordered the food was a long black hearse. The windows were closed, and they were tinted, and Tyler was unable to see inside the driver's seat. The window started to roll down, and to Tyler's horror, a skeleton was driving the hearse. He shook it off originally as a prank until the skeleton turned toward Tyler and started talking. There's room for one more! Tyler almost fell backwards trying to get away from the window. The cooks in the back laughed hysterically as Tyler, whose face was white as a ghost, looked at his fellow co-workers. There's a dead guy! A skeleton! He's driving a hearse in the drive-thru! The cooks were on the verge of tears with laughter as Tyler got angry. This isn't a fucking joke, man! The skeleton then began to start talking once more, but in a less menacing tone. I'm serious. There's room for one more. Why don't you come back to the funeral parlor with me? The crematorium is divine. The cook started to walk over to the window, trying so desperately to maintain composure. The head cook looked outside and waved to the skeleton. How you doing, Harry and Jay? From behind the seat, Jay, who was manning the controls on the skeleton, came into view with a menacing grin upon his face. Tyler pointed at Jay. You! You! You scared the fuck out of me! You knew this was coming, and you didn't tell me? You a rookie. There's a code to all this. No one orders just 48 Big Macs. They either round up or down. And more often than not, they're with drinks or fries. They just like fucking around with the new people. Hey, get your asses in here. Your food's getting cold. The hearse pulled out of the drive-thru and into the parking lot. Harry got out of the back of the hearse while Jay got out of the driver's seat. They walked into the restaurant and were greeted by the cooks. You two clowns are glad Gladstone's off tonight. 
he would have had raised some serious hell. Droom, that's why we usually call ahead to see who's working the nights we do this. Jay almost gave Tyler over there a heart attack. Jerome chuckled as he pointed toward Tyler, who was still emotionally recovering from the horror that was inflicted upon him. He had a tray of food with him. Eh, he'll get over it, I think. Kid doesn't look like he's one to rat you out to Gladstone, either. Harry stuffed some french fries into his mouth as he grabbed the tray of food from Jerome and walked toward an empty booth where Jay was laying his head down on the table. Jerome followed. Hey, Jay. You okay? You don't look so hot. I haven't been sleeping well these past couple of days. I'll get over it, though. Hey, no pickles on the quarter pounder, right? Nope, no pickles. And instead of the ketchup and mustard, I gave you the Big Mac sauce and barbecue. Jay gave Jerome a fist bump. You're the man, Jerome. Harry stuffed his mouth with a bite from a Big Mac as Jerome continued talking. So how's it going at the parlor? Still having problems with old man McGee? Growing accustomed to his way of doing things, but it's not like we're friends or anything. How's the script coming along? Both of them remained silent as they looked at each other, trying not to tell Jerome of the events of the previous couple of days. We... We've decided to do some rewrites on advice of some professionals we've encountered. Yeah, we felt that we needed another source to bounce things off of. Hey, you could have asked me. I have a ton of great ideas. Okay, what do you have? Jerome looks around, and when he was comfortable, he leaned in close to Harry and Jay. Superheroes. They're a big thing right now, right? Yeah. Well, think of it this way. Batman is supposed to be this dark knight that everyone's afraid of. But think of it in real terms. Would you be afraid of someone dressed in a fucking bat costume? Probably not. Exactly. What are most people afraid of? Spiders? Heights? What about some motherfucking dead things that were driving hearses through our drive through ordering food? And almost giving a poor drive-thru workers a fucking heart attack. Shut up! Get your ass back to work! Jerome turned back to Harry and Jay and gave his answer. It's the dark. If you could create a hero that uses darkness or shadows as his actual power, you can instill true fear into your foe. Even make it like a combination horror movie or some shit like you that. You mean like can mold and manipulate darkness, shadows and shit? Yeah! and even become shadows so bullets and shit could go right through them. Dude, that's actually a kick-ass idea. We'll have to think about that. As long as you give me credit when it comes out, I got no problem helping you out. Hey, hey Jay, what time do we have to head back to the graveyard? We don't have graveyard duty tonight. We have mausoleum work. Griff is on vacation and we have three people going in within two days. Man, I know it's your job and all, but what you two do is creepy. I can never do that. That's okay. I know karate. Yeah! Jay held his hands up in a mock fighting style and playfully chopped at Jerome. Harry cocked an eyebrow. The hell you don't. And even then, why would you get mugged in a graveyard? Don't think it can't happen? My cousin Billy got Jack visiting his grandma's grave on his mother's side where he lived in Newbury. Robbed him all of his money, his credit cards, his car. Surprised he didn't join the dead right then and there. Tyler finally got into the conversation as he had time and away from the drive This is Christ, Rome. Where was that in Massachusetts? Nah, man, he lives in Detroit. I told you he was a Newbury, motherfucker. Dude, Baltimore gets a bad rap as a dangerous city, mind you. But Detroit is the real deal there. I think you could get stuck up at church. Harry finished his food and started to gather the trash. Well, guys, it's been fun. But we need to head to the mausoleum for McGee. 
Those dead people are just dying to get in those crypts. <laughs> they all laughed. But Tyler. He didn't get their black humor and they weren't about to tell him. Ten minutes later, Harry and Jay pulled up to the mausoleum. Greg McGee was waiting there with his arms crossed. The look on his face was that of relief, though. As they got out of the hearse, Craig walked over and shook his head. Oh, what the fuck? I told you guys the house was to be used for funeral business only. I... You should have taken it back to the parlor after Mrs. Redgrave's funeral. Jay pulled out a receipt to an auto shop and showed it to Craig. Relax, boy wonder. We had to get work done on it, and we got dinner while waiting. Your old man gave us the okay. I'm surprised he didn't tell you. Craig took the receipt and looked it over. He then folded it and put it in his pocket. Okay, 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 okay. Hey, yo, okay. You guys know that Griffey's on vacation, so I made your jobs a little bit easier tonight, okay? The coffins are here, but the nameplates are in the crypts, and they need to be installed. The cadavers are in the coffins, so be careful when you're moving them around. If you do this well, Pops and I... We'll give you guys $100 on your checks, not cash. We don't trust you two, all right? You got it this week. You hear me? Harry saluted. Aye, aye, Captain. Look, now I want you two assholes in your best behavior, which means no fucking around, okay? And if all goes well, you guys might be in line or consideration so you get a promotion later when Griffey retires in April, I think. You guys got it? The two perk up at the mention of promotion. Will this be... A promotion that garners a raise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A full $2 an hour. Extra. Say no more, Chief. We got this. Craig walked over to the van that was parked nearby and got in. He pulled away from Mausoleum moments later. Harry waited for him to leave and then walked back to the hearse and grabbed a notepad and pen. What the hell are you doing? You gotta get to work. I want to be eligible for that bonus and the opportunity for the raise, motherfucker. You know damn well what Miss Redgrave told us. There could be some chance that some of these stiffs are going to want to talk to us. I want to be able to catch every idea down. Good point. Say what do you think about the idea that Jerome had. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, me too. I think there could be more to the guy than what they would give him credit. Shouldn't be working at McDonald's, that's for sure. The two eager men walked into the well-lit mausoleum. The sound of their dress shoes clicked and clacked on the tile floor. Compared to what they normally dealt with, there was no dirt to work with here. The marble inside as well as the concrete was immaculate. Griffey kept these crypts looking good. Inside the mausoleum was an older man with a mop. He had slicked back gray hair and his skin resembled that of a prune. They recognized him as the night janitor, Jerry. Jay acknowledged him with a nod. Jerry, how you doing? Jerry sighed as if he wasn't used to human beings talking to him. Can't complain. Won't do any good anyhow. Just make sure you clean up your mess before the ceremony tomorrow. But everything else is in tip-top shape. I'm not used to seeing you guys here. Where's Griff? Vacation. Mm. Lucky fuck. Alright guys, have a good one. Will do! You too, Jerry! Mm. Jerry walked as slow as a shambling corpse out of the mausoleum with his bucket and supplies in hand and proceeded to clean out the dirty bucket outside. Harry and Jay looked at the three coffins that were going to be on display at the ceremony. All three were elevated on a platform and covered with flowers. Harry looked down at the paperwork that told them of which pots to put them in. He grinned slightly. Looks like they're all relatively in the same vicinity. It should be easier just to open up all the crypts at once and just put them inside. Jay nodded as he kept an eye out for Jerry outside. They just started setting up as they would normally do. 
Once they were about to finish the setup, Jay stopped Harry and whispered to him. Wait until Jerry leaves before we finish. Jerry took forever, but 20 minutes later, the older man was in his vehicle and headed out to the, of the mausoleum area. Jay pulled out the notebook and Harry stopped and walked over to him. Here goes nothing. Harry and Jay finished installing the new coffins, but waited to seal up the panels, and then leaned them up against the wall waiting. They waited, and waited, and waited. But no voices came. Come on, talk to us. You know you want to. Maybe that was a one-time thing, or maybe it only could happen at the parlor. All of a sudden, they began to hear knocking. It started to get louder, but it didn't come from the recently deceased coffins. It came from one of the other sealed crypts. Harry walked toward the sound of the knocking. It was a grave titled, Mr. and Mrs. Carl Weatherby, and put his ear to it. He started to hear a female voice. Someone is in there. Jay pulled out the screwdriver and the crowbar and opened the crypt up. He and Harry pulled out the coffin and opened it up to see two bare and dusty skeletons. One turned its head and looked up at Harry and responded in a male voice. Oh, gee, thanks guys. I'm getting a little crazy in here. The female voice from the other skeleton shouted back at the other one. What do you mean crazy? We've been dead for 30 years. You haven't complained about it until now. The male shook his head in embarrassment. He lifted his bony hands in the air. Married for 30 years. Buried for 30 years, and you'd think you'd get to know somebody. Oh, my manners. Sorry, sorry. By the way, I'm Carl, and this is my wife, Janet. We're here to help you, boys. Aside from the fact that two skeletons were talking to them, they looked as if they were prepared for something like this. Jay's eyes widened as he grinned. Great. What can you do to help? What you can do is... You know the rules, Carl. We can't give them anything yet. They need to perform. That's right. What are you talking about? What do you mean by perform? As in like a rock concert or magic trick or something? Perform a task for us. Something that we want so that you two can gain information. That's the deal. Most of the time it'll be things that the dead previously left unfinished or something that they miss. Okay, what do you want us to do? Find someone from your past and tell them that you're okay on the other side? Flatten someone's tires? Find a special item from your past and returning? <laughs> Hell no! We want you two boys to go to the local karaoke bar and sing our favorite song for us! Harry and Jay looked at each other confused. They turned back toward the skeletons. You... you're kidding, right? Nope. We just want to hear it one last time. Uh, why, then why does the whole bar need to hear us sing? We could just sing to you right here. That's not the point, son! The point is that you need to gain confidence in a crowd. The first part of confidence is humility. You need to break out of your comfort zone. So what song do you want us to sing? We've, We've only just, just begun. By the carpenters. <laughs> Harry burst out laughing and started laughing. <laughs> okay, okay, that's enough. Are we on candy camera or something? This has got to be a fucking joke. If 
it were a joke, man, they would have had to spend a shitload of money to do it. And no one nowadays has that kind of money. Carl and Janet stared at them, almost to the point that they were creeping out the two undertakers. We don't have to help you, boys! We can just go right back to being corpses! No, don't do it. So, are you gonna do it? It's for the good of the script, okay? I'm in. And don't get the idea of promising something only to renege on it once you leave this place. So we will not talk about your script until then. What? We're dead. We're not stupid. We will see you do it. And when you do it, we'll give you what you want. Is it a deal? Harry and Jay looked at each other in resignation. Deal. Do you have a particular place you want us to go? We really don't know any karaoke bars, since we're not really around here. We haven't explored any yet. Oh, that's right! <laughs> you two are from Baltimore! Okay, on this, we'll make a compromise. You can choose the venue, as long as it has karaoke night! The next evening, Harry looked at the marquee of the building that they were about to enter as a sense of panic came over him. You... you must be out of your fucking mind, Come Jay. Come on, this is the only place with a karaoke night for the next month. And I'm not waiting a whole freaking month for info. But it's a biker bar! We're gonna get killed if we sing the Carpenters in there. This looks like a place more with Ozzy Osbourne fans. You don't know that. Harry pointed at the Marquet and pointed it at it empathetically. Oh, Death Nuts Biker Bar doesn't seem to scream warm, welcoming carpenters karaoke, Jay. Even if we aren't beaten to a bloody fucking pulp, we would be laughed out of the building for damn sure. Harry and Jay were still dressed in their overalls, but the air of death hung around them as they walked through the bar. Jay ignored Harry as he walked through the once they entered inside, he saw that it was filled with men and women dressed in all manner of leather and denim. There was a screaming, growling man on the stage, mimicking a song. Harry pointed to him. Oh look, see? Songbird on stage already. Quit it, you pussy. We're doing this for the script. No, we're doing this for two dead people who want to hear us make complete asses of ourselves for our script. Get it right. They walked up to the woman who served as the DJ. She seemed to look out as out of place as she was coiffed differently, and was very professional. Hey, what's on, guys? We've only just begun. By the Carpenters. The DJ stared at them a moment, but said nothing as she entered it into her computer. She then turned back toward them. Uh, who do you want me to introduce you as? The Undertakers. Alright, I hope you're prepared, because you guys are next. Okay, boys. What do you say we cool things down? Maybe put this party on ice. Because up next, I've got the Undertakers with something real special. So grab your favorite stiff. The Undertakers. Unbelievable. Harry grabbed the microphone and waited for the music to cue them in. We've only, only just begun, begun to live. White lace and promises. And we're on our way Before the rising sun We fly 
juice We'll start out walking, learn to run And yes, we've just begun Yeah signs along the way Talking it over just the two of us Working together day to day Together Together Where there's room to grow, yeah. And yes, we've just begun. The crowd stood there in silence as Jay and Harry finished the ballad. Finally, they finished up singing together, finally not caring what would happen. The music ended as all the bikers in the joint, who they previously thought would kill them, began clapping furiously. Some of them were on the verge of tears. Harry looked at Jay in confusion. The GJ came up to him. I gotta say, not many would venture to do something like that. You two had a lot of balls performing that in here. Is it because this is a gay biker bar? Harry started to notice things that the men stayed with the men and the women were all staying with the women. Some were even kissing each other. Jay nonchalantly played it off. Yep, that's exactly it. The DJ started pointing at the stained overalls. I would figure you guys as undertakers. Are you two real undertakers or is this just a shtick of yours yep we're undertakers all right we wear overalls and stuff all the time (laughs) you do know that the fair amount of these fellas in here have undertaker fetishes right like they sexually love the wrestler ah it's a shame you didn't come dressed like him is that something then maybe you're into for a second act? Harry's eyes widened as he noticed that some of the men were looking at him strangely, and some of them were even eyeballing him up sexually. Harry turned to Jay. I think we need to get out of here now. I hope that Carl and Jay got what they wanted. Like bats out of hell, Harry and Jay dashed out of the bar and walked swiftly to the hearse. No one thankfully came after them as they quietly turned on the engine and streaked away. Ha! Okay, biker bar. If that was any other bar, they would have kicked the shit out of us. But it wasn't. Something is looking out for us. It wants us to get our script out. 
and I have a strange feeling that we're going to be made a fool of. Those two skeletons will be gone, and they won't tell us a thing. When the hearse pulled back into the mausoleum, Harry and Jay quickly got out to tell what happened with Carl and Janet. However, they were surprised to find that the clock was opened and their joint coffin was missing. What the? Where'd they go? We put them back, right? Harry just shrugged. Jay just started looking around where he found another worker at the mausoleum. They had never seen him before. Excuse me? What happened to the bodies in this plot? The attendant was startled at first, and he had a pair of headphones on, but he took them off and looked at them. Foreclosed upon. The weather bees were moved. Moved where? Man, quarter jets. The family couldn't pay the payments on the plot anymore. They requested that the coffin be moved. Where? You've been listening to Fun with Dirt, a Dark Charm Media production. Guest starring Stacy Atwell as Tyler, Nick Neno as Jerry Sigorski and the attendant, Emily McAnulty as Janet Weatherby and Ferd Burfel as Jerome. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.